everyone, and welcome to episode 216 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. It's Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew back this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. Welcome back, Richard. It's been a couple weeks since you've been on the cast. Uh, hopefully all is well. Hey, Seth. It's been it's been two weeks. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, we missed you. No news. We missed your I'm your here. your dirty casual your dirty casual oh. uh, injection. You guys have been talking about our... blue and drawing cards while I'm gone. Like, oh. <laughs> 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 and of course, uh, as you can hear, laughing over there, Krim. What's up, Krim? Good to see you this week. <laughs> Yo, morning, Seth. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. So, Krim, uh, you are joining us, what, like a day before you leave for PAX East to play in the Mythic Invitational? Correct. My flight leaves tomorrow morning, so I probably just won't sleep because I have this terrible anxiety about missing my flights all the time. So, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I will be rooting for you. Have fun. The When is your first day if people want to catch you? I know it's like broken up into groups. Do you know when your group day is if people want to catch you on stream? I think I'm on Friday, the second day. So <laughs> I get. Okay. And I think I'm the latest group too. So I get to sleep in. Nice. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. A little bit of extra rest might give you an advantage. Uh, so, well, we'll catch, go, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> But you can catch Krim on Friday uh, on the Wizard Street playing the Mythic Invitational, so that should be fun. Uh, anyway, today, we got kind of a short cast. Starting next week, things are going to get crazy. We're going to have War of the Spark spoilers for, like, a while. Then we're jumping right into Modern Horizon spoilers for a while. And then, of course, that 2019 spoilers. So the next, like, three months are going to be super busy. But this week, uh, we have a couple of kind of oddball pieces of news we wanted to talk about. And then Fish Mail, of course. So, number one... Uh, they announced cosmetics for Magic Arena. So we want to talk about this update coming to Arena uh, regarding cosmetics being in the game. Also, they announced a new game coming out of Wizards called Valor's Reach. Wanted to talk about that. And then, of course, get to everyone's fish mail. Uh, so anyway, before we jump into it, a reminder that the show today is brought to you by Spikes Academy, who is launching, or at this point has launched, a new course titled The Art of Sideboarding with Seth Manfield. Uh, the first 200 people can get 15% off by using the discount code sideboarding. So you can check them out at spikesacademy.com or at spikes underscore academy on Twitter. So thank you to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And with our sponsorship stuff out of the way, let's jump right into it, starting off with this arena update. So uh, Richard, why don't you walk us through kind of the big bullet points from this update coming, I think this week, actually. I think it's March 27th. Yeah. All right. We got finally... The true monetization model is coming. Cosmetics. So when we hear free to play, we think cosmetics. And now we get a peek at them. So they're adding new card styles and they look like, uh, the full art cards. Uh, so there's text on them, but they pan. And I don't know how to explain it other than using their words parallel lax effect. Parallax. <laughs> parallax <laughs> effect. Where basically it looks like you have like a little portal into a world where you hold a card and you rotate it and it moves. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember like cereal boxes in the 90s had those like hologram card <laughs> things. Like, yes. That's, <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Oh, you're right. I forgot about those. I'm oh, about no. that. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll hold on there for a second. We'll, we'll come back to it. Card sleeves coming. We all expected this. Uh, card sleeves have been a staple of magic. 
Hopefully they don't come with glare. Uh, third, <laughs> avatars. So more avatars coming. That's pretty standard. And then uh, they've added a an AI, I assume, to practice decks. So I guess it's like gold fishing or... I don't know sparky. what it actually is. It's Sparky. <laughs> like, what is Sparky? Like a wisp? I don't even know. But I, uh, uh, yeah. a single Sparks player test your deck kind of mode. And then finally, they have a pretty cool looking mastery tree for newcomers where you get to, I don't know, kind of go to tutorial mode and uh, earn cards. And uh, I think if you're an existing player, you just get to unlock the whole thing. Uh, but for new I players... Believe- I believe it's the same cards that are from yeah. the new player experience. So if you've already unlocked them and went through the new player experience, you already have those cards. But it's like updating the new player experience in a way that hopefully makes it better for new players. Yeah, it looks like an RPG board, talent like tree. I don't know, like a like a Final Fantasy talent board or something, yeah. or a talent tree. And then uh, okay, going back to the most important thing are the the card effects. So you buy them once per art. Uh, so what does that mean? It means uh, if you have a deck with four of the same card, you only need to buy it once. Uh, if the card is reprinted in multiple sets, apparently once you buy it, uh, it's good to go. Um, sort of. Because I think it goes with the art. So if yeah. you had like original Shocklands and then they printed new art Shocklands, my understanding is you'd have to buy it again because the art itself was different. Yes, but if the art is the same, you're, you're good. Yes. Yes, if the art is the same, if you have yeah uh, a million copies of Luminous Bonds or something, <laughs> you're you're good with all <laughs> yeah, of them. They could all look cool. It's strange because now you're hoping against like not new art because you're like, oh, I want to reuse it. Uh, okay, so prices. So each card style. Oh, by the way, they they alluded to more card styles in the future, right? But this is what we're starting with: Mythic Rare, twelve hundred gems. Rare, a thousand gems. Uncommon, six hundred gems. Common, four hundred gems. So to put that in real world prices, we are trying to like figure this out precast, and it's a little complicated because of how everything converts. But basically, if you buy the biggest gem bundle, you get two hundred gems for a dollar, which would mean almost two mythic rares, exactly two rares for one dollar, and then more of lower rarity stuff. So you're looking at like between like 20 cents and 60 cents, I guess, for one of these, depending on the rarity of the card. Wait, what? <laughs> if it's 200 for a dollar, a common is two bucks, right? That's that's my math, ma- right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. And then oh my I'm, goodness! I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I think I shifted. I think I shifted a, a decimal point in there. Oh, Seth, now we're doing me. math live on podcast. Yes. Pull out a calendar. But mythic rare is like six bucks. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was very, very wrong. I I said sixty cents. I shifted a decimal point. Yeah, yeah. We're missing decimals. So add a a zero to all of my numbers. For mythic, a rare is five (laughs) dollars. An uncommon is three dollars. A common is two dollars. Yeah. So instead of twenty to sixty cents, it's two to six dollars, depending on. Yeah. That's expensive. That's that's <laughs> a lot of money. But that's you, that's so, how watch uh, you gonna make their money, Seth. Okay. So first off, let me let me say I've seen some people complaining about it. I think it's absolutely silly to complain about cosmetics being expensive because if there's anything we want expensive, it's this optional stuff that you don't need to actually win games of magic. On the other hand, 
how many people do you think will take advantage of this? If at those prices where it's going to cost you a lot of money to actually foil out, I guess, to use paper terminology, your deck, do you think a lot of people will actually take this option? Oh, 100%. I mean, I already want to foil my Teferis. And <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> I, I This is why I want to have a job, right? So I can do unnecessary things like this. <laughs> Oh. Why are you applying to this job? Because I need to foil out to fear. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> you, just, much. You, you just got to win the Mythic Invitational, Krim. Then you can foil out your entire collection. Oh, that's the new goal. That's why I want yes. to win, actually. <laughs> if they interview you, you should tell them that. I am doing this <laughs> for stylized cards on Arena. And they give a wink to the camera. knows anything about what they're doing. All the accounts from Mythic Invitational, while they're playing, should have full foiled out decks, by the way. But, I, uh, I, I, I hope that's the case. And then they let yeah. me have it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, the second part's unlikely, but... yeah. What do you think, Richard? Like, do you think a lot of people will pay these prices? Like, give me a percentage. What percentage I, I, of people are going to spend money on these? What percentage of people are whales? So uh, I'm still trying to build my standard collection. So I will probably not be spending money on this. And I'm just a notoriously cheap player. I've never spent any money in like any free-to-play game like ever aside from Magic Arena. And that was to get cards. So I, I usually don't spend money for cosmetics. I do know a lot of people do, right? That's how entire games are funded. <laughs> now, these effects, I don't know. It's it's a little plain. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's nice, but like, is it $6 nice? Like, I'd rather have it be alternate art or like alternate animation, like, you know, in the card plays. But just getting kind of the, the full border or the no border art is like, eh. Eh, but I, I understand why, because if they do alternate art, like they just cannot make alternate art for like everything. It'll take forever. So yeah. I personally don't care about this, but it's a way for them to make money and some people will like it, like Krim. So <laughs> doesn't hurt me. Right. And then you, think- you you get to feel better when you beat them and you're like, huh, how did your foil to fairy do now? Still dies to a carnage tyrant, huh? Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same, right? It's like a little bit like uh, in, in Paper Magic, though, you know? Like, oh, cool, sick yep. foil to fairy. You still lose to the same non-foil <laughs> carnage time. <laughs> but I lost with a foil to fairy on board. No, you that. <laughs> That's what I, I think wanted. I fall. I think I fall kind of in between you guys. I could see myself getting a few of these for, like, trolling purposes. Like, if I could rub it in with Blood Moon even more because they were, <laughs> full they art. were like, uh, yeah, full art Parallax. and kind of rotating in your face as you can't cast <laughs> your spells, then I would uh, would spend the money. But in general, I can't imagine myself going full crim mode and just, like, foiling out decks at these prices. But I'm glad the option exists. Uh, what do you think about... What do you think about the other additions, like the sleeves and avatars? Like, uh, is that something you'll spend money on? Yep. Uh, do we get a sleeve for hitting Mythic? <laughs> Are we going full Hearthstone? Because we should. Ooh. See, like, it, uh, actually, I, I think like you brought I, up. I'm the person there. I like like somebody like me or whatever is probably somebody that they're gonna like is gonna be like the people that they're trying to market to, right? Because I mean, in Hearthstone, I bought the unnecessary avatars it didn't change a thing i still lost to all the same decks <laughs> it still did the same stuff day in day out but uh like yeah i i loved having the avatars uh getting the hero portraits i love the card back so sleeves all of that everything about it i mean i'm excited just for cosmetics 
I, I, I love it. Like that's, that's, it's oddly enough, it's always the free to play games that you spend the most money on when it comes to, <laughs> because it's the cosmetics, everything else I, for me, at least when it comes I, to gaming, I will admit, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I know how to change my avatar on arena. <laughs> <laughs> so I am probably not the intended market <laughs> for more avatars. I, I do hope they. I don't know, spice up the existing ones, like, you know, the gold-bordered ones. Like, I, I want to see ones that are not tied to paying money, but ones that are tied to, like, something crazy, right? Like, for Krim, it could be, like, cast a thousand Teferis and you get golden Teferi. Oh, my right? gosh, like, that would be amazing. Like, a thousand in ranked, right? So that you can't <laughs> even, like, game it with Sparky, right? Like, those are, yeah. to me, those are the cool ones, where you see someone with that border and you're like, oh, that's cool. As opposed to like, oh yeah, that guy dropped a hundred bucks on on this, like whatever, right? But I'm like, oh, this guy's played Teferi like a thousand times, right? Better put in those Galtas and uh, Carnage Tyrants or whatever, right? But yeah, so I hope they add some, right? Or I hope like the winner, the Mythic Invitational, gets like a custom card back that no one else can get. Just one person in the world has it because they won the Mythic Invitational. Like that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I agree with that. Richard would be there. a really cool idea. That, that, that would be super sweet. Just like how, like, you know, you got a back for hitting legend and stuff like that. And, like, Richard mentioned, like, hitting 500 wins with a certain class, you get a golden portrait. So, I don't know. That'd be really cool to see some golden, here like, avatars here and stuff like that. Although I see that Lazav portrait, and I, I know I need that, so. It's, it's also worth saying that they have said that you're going to be able to win some of these. That they're going to, uh, let's see, special events, seasonal rewards, and player progression. So, we don't know exactly what that means as far as the details. I think there was one free weekend event announced where your prizes were uh, the foil chemistry's insight and skewer the critics maybe were the two cards. You got one for just winning a game and another for going undefeated, I think. So we do know there are going to be ways to get some of these for free, but they're not super special like you were saying it's not like you get something that no one else can get you get the same thing that people could buy through the store but you can earn them uh at least some of them through play as well which i think in general is nice my one fear with this is with them saying that they're going to use these as rewards my one fear is that they're going to use cosmetics as an excuse to replace real rewards that allow you to keep playing the game and like as a backdoor way to cut down on EV for tournaments and so forth like oh instead of giving you so much gold we're giving you this like shiny Llanowar elves hooray like you should be happy so hopefully they don't go that direction but I would be disappointed if they replace cards that allow you or like cards and gold that allow you to keep playing the game as rewards with cosmetic items as rewards if they're in addition that's awesome or if they're for a special events but i would hate to see rewards get cut for these we forgot to to give the prices for the sleeves so sleeves are 600 gems so that's three bucks you remember our math from earlier and they also have exquisite sleeves which basically have an effect on them and uh their example is like the boros sleeve where the the boros medallion like kind of glows those are 1200 gems so six bucks so uh, I'll probably get buy your some money raves. <laughs> I think this will be the first time I've actually, I've actually uh, put my graphics card to use. <laughs> you, you obviously haven't played on a Mac. When you play on a Mac, like when you boot in Windows, like your computer is going hundred percent the entire time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, like, I guess overheats. it has to. 
<laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but uh, clearly it's not optimized. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if there's no client for it yet. <laughs> uh, so do you think it's going to be like um, Moto where like the foil effects and like the parallax <laughs> effects and the sleeves just like bog everything down and you turn everything off? I, I really hope <laughs> it's not like that. Oh, I hope it's not like that too. I hope it's not either, <laughs> but... I could see. I could. I mean, I already get like memory leaky sometimes with Arena, <clears throat> so I could imagine using more memory for this wouldn't be ideal. But hopefully, it just uh, functions smoothly. They they said I forgot who. Maybe it was uh, Chris Clay, but I think they were responding to someone, and they said it's if the, if it does cause the thing to slow down or get a little like slow, it's not by much. You wouldn't notice it. The only <laughs> other thing I thought was a little bit. St- <laughs> That, yeah, that's not... That's not a convincing answer. You should have been like, oh, yeah, no, we've tested it. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it's like, I think they said, though, mostly it should be fine, though. So, I don't yeah. know. We'll find out, though, right? Once the well, I'm trusting it'll be fine because this is their money-making scheme. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is this is how they're going to make a ton of money. What would be interesting is what happens afterwards. Because uh, if all goes well, they're going to make money hand over fist. And like, what does that mean for Arena? And where do they take it? Like, do we get more Mythic Invitational events? Do we actually get a mobile client now that they can afford it? Or like, what exactly happens when this like huge revenue stream is unlocked for them? It also opens up some interesting possibilities that other games have used to like fund big events by like putting out special sleeves, almost as like a in-game Kickstarter or something. Yeah. Where like you can you can buy a certain sleeve and part of the proceeds goes towards funding this like huge event with a massive prize pool or something. So maybe we'll see that coming down the pike in the future. Oh, that's too new age for wizards. We gotta wait a couple more years. But like <laughs> like it's so sweet if you're like, okay, buy next year's mythic invitational sleeve and like you know 50 percent of the proceeds go directly to the prize pool and that's how you end up with like five million dollar tournaments and ten million dollar tournaments and things like that what about if you buy like a really expensive sleeve you get to go play in the tournament like a like a hundred thousand dollars a literal pay to win yes you get to play in the mythic invitation you buy the sleeve and you get a buy (laughs) (laughs) you get you get get directly inserted into the top eight (laughs) Hmm, that doesn't seem problematic (laughs) the only other thing that's a little clunky is i guess you can purchase card styles for cards that you don't own which is a little bit weird uh, I could see that being a frustration for people. Can you I almost wish in? there was a. W- they will become active once you get the card. Why, I guess. So why if you would end they up let with, you buy it? Yeah, that's the part that's a little. It seems like if you don't own the card, it should just like not show up in the store or whatever until you own it. Because I could imagine people spending six dollars thinking that they're like gonna actually be able to play with this cool looking card when no, you're not actually getting a card. You're just getting like the foiling on a card that you don't actually have. It's letting you know what you could have. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's gonna Once cause mass confusion. The wild People cards. think they can buy a card for like twelve hundred gems or whatever, and then they're like, "Oh, you actually <laughs> bought nothing." So <laughs> good luck. <laughs> but when you get it, <laughs> I kind of wish it was just like a a wild card option. Almost, if there was a way you could just like buy 
buy a foil card, more or less. Like, maybe it's two Mythic Wild cards or whatever, and you get the cool version of the card instead of having it be split up, but, I mean, still. this they And they have said that they will iterate on it and improve, and there will be more arts and options, and basic lands will be coming at some point. So, there is this is just, like, the test run. And overall... I mean, it seems it seems reasonable. It's, I mean, as a player, I wish they were cheaper, but like I said, if there's anything I'm okay with being expensive, it's stuff that you don't actually need to play the game. So whatever. Like worst case, it's too expensive for a lot of people, but you you can beat a foil to fairy just as well as a non-foil to fairy. So <laughs> yeah. all right. Lastly, before we go, what effects would you guys like to see in the future? So we have this parallax effect throughout the history of Magic. We have many effects, right? We have just straight foil. Uh, <laughs> we have like the full art lands, or I not full you. art, uh, sorry, like the, the full art, uh, the textless. So like cryptic no, no, command no, textless. Richard, no, 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 you don't need that. No, we've had Amonkhet invocations. We've had I, Kaladesh inventions. I, I would turn into Krim and blow all my money if you could get old border cards. Oh, if I, I could get cards that look like old border cards, I would. What do you spend mean by that, Seth? Because money. there, there is something I've been asking for and begging for, and it is to get a white bordered option, <laughs> like a filter on all my cards. Like, <laughs> well, I, I wasn't. I was thinking a little older, like the good-looking old cards. Correct. Like so, like ninth edition ones. islands. We'll increase the roundness a little bit on the cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, even just, like, the, the Golden Age, like, Onslaught era. Like, if you could have, like, the, the old school, not the Alpha border, but, like, the pre-modern border. Oh, I would love that. I, I'd like to see them do, basically, the inventions for every set. Like, if you, I don't know, if we return to Phyrexia, all the cards are in Phyrexian script. Kind of like the Elish Norn we've had. Or if you remember the, oh, the original... SDCC planeswalkers, the all black the ones. The black ones. No, that's going to be Ooh. problematic, and you know that would be like, you know how hard that you would be go, to read. Doesn't matter. You can right click it, and it would expand and like show like the real card or whatever, right? I don't know. I'm sure they can figure it out. I guess you're or, like, right. the I mean, Pokemon, it's not like I read my like cards the, anyway, so yeah, the silver foil, like just completely monochrome silver. Like I think they have a lot of effects they could be doing. So it's interesting to see what they'll the do. The expedition what? arts would be sweet too for like mm. some of the shock lands. Uh, mm-hmm. How about a a wonderful segue, Richard? What would you think if they used Valor's Reach art oh, <laughs> on oh, the cards? Oh. <laughs> Filthy casual Richard has come to play. So there was another <laughs> announcement where they announced a new mobile game, and it's called Valor's Reach, and it's a CCG, but it's not Magic. <laughs> so and. Uh, what Seth is alluding to is the art is like super cartoony planeswalker. So you see Gideon with massive forearms. He looks like he's from like a Saturday morning cartoon or something, or it looks like something in a cereal box. Uh, it looks like it's for kids, not kind of the serious dark art that Magic has. And uh, it's a CCG, and we know nothing about it except that it's a one v one CCG. Uh, it's actually I think releasing today in certain regions, and. That's all we know. What do you guys think? So, Another magic game that's not magic. It's a CCG, but using all the characters from the magic universe. So I will probably test it out when it comes to my area, just because 
playing on your phone could be really fun. Uh, that, that's been a lot of people's dreams. Just being able to, uh, on the bus, on the toilet, wherever, just like play a game of magic in five minutes. So if this is close enough, it's to not magic. Magic. <laughs> they specifically uh, if, do not call it magic. It's just. But it, is it magic-ish, but, like, maybe it limits... Maybe it's, like, Hearthstone, literal Hearthstone magic. We make fun of Arita sometimes for mimicking Hearthstone, <laughs> but maybe you just get a mana each turn, and you, like, play, I don't know, a maximum number of creatures on the battlefield or something. But if it's very magic-ish, I could imagine it being fun. Uh, I don't know, though. I'm not particularly excited for it. My main concern is... Why are they putting out this mobile game when they could just be putting their, like, all-in million-dollar make-commercial Magic Arena on mobile and everyone would be really... Like, why are we getting watered-down Magic on mobile instead of Arena on mobile? Well, the answer is That's- easy, right? Because they're not doing it, right? They, they, they've sold their license to some company to, to work on this, right? So I don't think it detracts from Arena in any way. It's not like they've pulled the Magic Arena team and started working on this game. Um... But I, I do think it's just going to be like random CCG. Uh, it's going to have elements of magic, like Chandra will be a pyromancer. Gideon will somehow turn into a creature and attack and things like that. But I, I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to magic where you have spells and mana each turn and, you know, you have lightning bolts and stuff like that. I think it'll actually be very different. I, I, I imagine this is like, I can't think of a casual CCG. Like, it's not Hearthstone. Hearthstone's already too complicated. This is for, like, someone to pick up, learn to play in two minutes, and, like, slam away. That's my guess. That's my guess. Well, maybe I end up just ignoring it, like, Puzzle Quest. Like, maybe it's just going to be another one of those type of games that, like, sure, if you like it, that's cool, but it's not actually magic enough to hold hardcore magic players interest it it, to me it just looks like fortnite and magic fused together (laughs) he's like (laughs) how are you getting fortnite out of this the art art looks like fortnite to me so i just oh okay that uh, yeah the the art kind of does that's that's what i mean i mean i obviously the play style i have no idea i haven't played it yet if yo but but once again a magic fps i guess i'd try it (laughs) sure i mean you get to be like the 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 picture they gave you have arcanus you have Gideon, is it Okum? Okum and Zindersplit, like those two guys. Like, <laughs> Battlebond thing, right? Yeah, the Battlebond <laughs> dudes. So, I don't know, and the Chandra looks pretty cool. I, I like it, I don't know. Like, we're not going to play it, guarantee you. Unless you like to play casual mobile games, it's not for us, right? It's for people that just want to play games, and then there's this universe, and they'll get exposed to it. And I mean, as a marketing thing, that makes a lot of sense. Like, even just, like, some percentage of the people that download this game and know nothing about magic maybe they wonder like oh what is this chandra character and like google it and find the arena subreddit or something and like continue down the path to playing more magic so i mean from that perspective go for it i guess i'm just concerned that i mean the other thing that we didn't actually put on our agenda that's kind of big news is they also said this week that uh arena pc only <laughs> they're not, they're not putting it on other clients <laughs> Wait, uh, so what? <clears throat> what did they say this uh there's an interview with bear shemdickler whatever the new head of esports uh, at arena did an interview and basically said uh yeah they're not planning on putting it on other clients it's pc only for the foreseeable future etc cetera, etc cetera, which kind of goes against what they've what? said for a long time which is we're putting on all these clients just wait we're doing it it's happening so that was uh, that combined with the announcement the same week of this new digital game or new mobile game makes me think that 
this is a replacement for Arena being on mobile. Are, are you sure that was like a real post that like, why would you say that? <laughs> like, even if you had I, no plans, just be quiet and let people get their hopes up, right? Like, yeah. Do they understand that everyone uses a phone nowadays? Like, I understand if you're too lazy to do, say, Mac development or something, but like, everyone has a phone and everyone plays on their phone and they're missing like 70% of the player base by not going onto phones. Super awkward. Yeah. It is it is a bit strange. The the it, the direct quote was we don't have plans to expand to other platforms. And the article also said, yeah, PC only for the foreseeable future. I don't think that Not holds even plans. up. I don't think that holds up. I don't think that. I, I feel like this guy. <laughs> I think they'll they'll eventually make. Uh, He's this guy got e-sports. a stern warning or something. <laughs> Maybe like the esports will be PC only. I don't know. I feel like this is weird. Oh, it's definitely weird. But why it, would you? Why is it would April you say Fools? That? What day is it? No, <laughs> <It's> not yet. <laughs> not yet. We got a week to go. <laughs> oh, that, that would be the most disappointing news I've heard like ever. That they're not even attempting to put it onto your phone because you know the minute they put it on phones, the game like ten x's in size, right? Like now everyone can play, and you can be on your train playing Magic and like whatever. But oh, that. That hurts my heart. That's like the the Watsy way. Like phones, PCs are the future. Why would you want to play on a small screen when you have a big screen? <laughs> oh. I mean, maybe it's just that Arena can't work on phones. Like maybe like similar games have like limits to how much you can have on the battlefield and stuff. Maybe that's maybe that's a sticking point. Similarly to how like they pretty much said multiplayer is not coming to Arena because it just literally doesn't fit. Fit on well, arena, you can't have four people on the battlefield. If you can maybe. play Fortnite on a phone, okay, like <laughs> I'm sure you can figure out a way to make magic work, right? Like if I have to zoom in and zoom out of the battlefield, <laughs> I'll do it, right? Like, ugh. well, interesting, interesting times. Any other thoughts on uh, Valor's Reach? Uh, uh, maybe we'll get some reports. I think it said a certain region of Europe gets a release today, but. They didn't say when a wide release is coming. Yeah, I want to see what Jace looks like, but I guess Arcanus will do. J- what do you think Jace will have massive forearms too, or no? <laughs> He's just more ripped than Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really looks like a Saturday morning cartoon to me. So I, I, I have hopes that one day, uh, coming to Netflix, Netflix exclusive, like Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons magic, <laughs> right? Like that would be so awesome. Honestly, I would actually love an animated TV show of all yep. of the Gatewatch, so I would totally be down for that. I could see it happening. I I hope all, it does. Between like Netflix and Hulu and Prime, like they want they want content. I could imagine if Wizards like pitched it and built it that they could actually show up on one of those uh yep. streaming services. That would be so cool. Oh, I would be so excited to uh. watch that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, no more thoughts on Valor's Reach. Richard, why don't you fish mail us? We got a decent amount this week. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. So, Chris P. Jones, are you opposed to Mystic Remora in a new standard set or Modern Horizons? So, I'm not opposed to the gameplay aspect of Mystic Remora, 
But I'm kind of opposed to cumulative upkeep being part of more modern magic formats. It's just like such an awkward, clunky mechanic. So maybe like a function, some sort of like callback or something would be sweet. But I don't know if I want more cumulative upkeep running around in standard. What's wrong with cumulative upkeep? I like cumulative upkeep. I forget about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Is it because of missed triggers and then it's awkward to fix? Is that? Yep. Uh, Yeah, it's a little awkward and I don't know. I just don't like it. Huh. I, I like the increasing tax that it provides. But, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind the card itself. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I don't uh, think the card's... In, in modern or standard, like, I don't well, know. It, it, it really just gets broken in multiplayer. But in, in, in standard, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I... Um, is it okay in in older form? Like, like a modern... I, I guess, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I guess it's fine. Yeah, I mean, there's decks where it does nothing, and you play it, and then you commutative upkeep yourself out of the game, and then they just hit you with, like, I don't know, Steel Leaf Champion or something as you die, right? So, yeah. Or or, or you it, get to draw, like, two cards, but it costs you, like, Divination Mana over, like, two turns anyway, right? Yeah, it doesn't even seem that good in Modern, really. Like, even if you play it in the good matchups against, like, Storm or something, they're still going to kill you. All you do is draw a (laughs) bunch of cards as they storm off and kill you. That doesn't actually (laughs) stop your opponent from killing you. (laughs) You're going to draw into those reprinted Dazes and Force of Wills, right? (laughs) Not Daze. Please. Please not Daze. Yes, Daze. Next question. Cyberkill. Do you think we'll ever get Squirrels back in a non-unset also, when do we get the stream featuring Seth, better known as Saffron Goldmane? <laughs> I guess I'll have to I'll have to do another hair down stream at some point. Apparently, people like the like the hair down stream, so I'll add another one to the schedule. Squirrels, I think, will happen again. I think they're just like so popular that sooner or later, uh, in the right setting, they will put them back in Black Border. What do you think it would be? Like a like a deranged hermit kind of card? Like a token maker? You could have, like... I mean, that's what they traditionally have been. So I could see a th- some world where your tokens are, like, squirrels instead of, I don't know, soldiers or vampires or whatever <laughs> we've had recently. Fifteen squirrels can kill an Emrakul. Just remember that. A squirrel's <laughs> nest and all that would come... Ooh. Ooh, squirrel's nest. Ooh. Uh, 11 Vicious. With modern horizons around the corner, bringing potentially new archetypes and more efficient cards, the format could possibly quote-unquote rotate. Tier 1 decks become Tier 2 and so on. Should we be selling our Tier 2 to 3 decks, or should we wait for the set to release? Uh, I think that you just wait, because... The other side, like, there's two ways to look at it. One way to look at it is uh, the way that uh, Eleven Vicious was looking at it, where sure, maybe decks will get worse. On the other hand, I think it's just as likely that your random tier two or three deck gets a piece that makes it a lot better, and suddenly your two tier two or three deck is like a tier one deck or tier one point five deck or whatever. So. I would just hold on to my stuff and just cross my fingers that I benefit more than I lose out on stuff. Yeah, I'm also thinking Uh, about, like, all the random cards that were, like, five cents and then all of a sudden spike up to some silly number because of this. (laughs) Yeah, that's the other thing. And even discounting modern in specific, we see so many weird old cards spike because of themes and current standard sets because of Commander that, like, in general, it just... It makes sense to hold on to your cheap cards. Like, there, there's just so little risk that it's almost always... I have... I don't even know. Probably, like, 
a hundred thousand just random comments and uncommons that I have stashed in my closet <laughs> that maybe someday the right thing will happen and I could sell them for like a quarter a piece or something and retire. <laughs> a quarter piece and then retire. <laughs> <laughs> One epic pug. Why does a sky tether see more play in standard control decks? What is that's the one what, mana oh. white spell that they lose flying and become defender, right? Yeah. Okay. You guys haven't been playing your limited, I see. Yeah. Crim, <laughs> yeah, why is this do. not a staple in control decks? <laughs> um honestly, I just feel like like that like there's just better removal spells. Like that actually just gets it off the board. Yeah. I think yeah. that that makes sense. It also is kind of non-bowish with some popular cards, like Eldest Reborn, for example. One of the downsides of these enchantment-based removal spells is then you can't really play Edicts because your opponent just sacrificed their already dead creature for the most part. So I don't think it's something Control Decks would want. A more interesting possibility would be like some sort of blue-white flyers or blue-white tempo deck where making the creature lose flying is actually pretty much as good as killing it and there's not as much of a drawback. So maybe there is a deck that could take advantage of it, but I don't really like it in control in specific. Uh, Josh Delucio won. Would Seth consider playing Chandelar on stream for April Fool's Day? Didn't we do that last year? Well, I guess it wasn't on stream, but but we did the... Wasn't it last yeah. April Fool's that we did the arena? We have a <laughs> Chandelar a video. Maybe it's two years now. It's either last year or the year before, but we do have a Chandelar video, so you can check it out on our YouTube channel. It could be fun. I'm down for doing a Chandelar stream at some point. I think Chandelar is kind of fun and maybe people, I don't think we could do it often, but maybe it's a one-time thing it would be fun to try out on stream and show off for people. Oh, the question is, can you still run it? <laughs> I remember it's such a pain to get that thing installed yeah, and going. It, it is not easy to get working on your computer, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Juzem's the plowshares. Would Carnifage be playable in modern if printed in modern horizons? I'm not sure how much more support zombies would need to become a tier deck in the format. So Carnivage hmm. is a what? Like a one mana 2-2? Two, two, and uh, when it untaps, it deals a damage to you? When does it deal damage just to you? On your upkeep. You take, you just, just, just straight unless, up? Unless you tap it, I believe. Yeah. Oh, unless I think you tap on your upkeep, okay. you either basically pay a life or tap it. Uh, I don't think it would be playable. I think right now we have Diagraph Ghoul, which is 2-2 two, two for 1 with less of a downside, it just enters tapped. And we also have Crypt Breaker, which is one of the best zombies uh, in the format. So I don't know if another, like, okay one-drop is what the zombie deck needs to be more competitive. Like, maybe some sort of black... I think a black aggro deck might play it. Like, a 2-2 two, two for 1 is good stats, but I'm not sure if Zombie Tribal in specific would want it. It would yeah, need haste. <laughs> Yeah, it, it blocks, but like if you're blocking, you're probably losing. So we already have enough one drop. Zombies needs a two drop. It needs like a, a solid a two really drop. Really good lord, two drop, I think. Yeah, that would make it really. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get Black. a lord of Atlantis. <laughs> I, I don't know what your lord would be. Lord of Sad Atlantis, like... and then it would be perfect. And then... <laughs> lord of Atlantis died and became a zombie, and now yeah. he's a zombie <laughs> merfolk. <laughs> Maybe modern Modern Horizons. I could I see a two mana. Zombie Lord of Atlantis in Modern Horizons. That could yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, Captain Wow 26. Besides Magic, is there any other tabletop or board games you guys enjoy playing? Outside of Magic? Uh, I haven't... 
I haven't played as much board games recently. I used to play a lot of strategy games like Axis and Allies and other like uh, like war strategy games, but I've kind of recently not played a a whole lot except for Magic. Um, I've never actually played any of those games. What about... Have you played... Because I play this one a lot, but it's not like a card game, but it is a board game. Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've, I've played that before. That game's a blast. And also, like, Imperium, I believe. That's another... Was oh, that the uh, one by Magic Artists? Or am I thinking of something totally... I don't else? know if it's from Magic Artists. I just know the game exists, and it's really fun. It's, it's like a hundred bucks, but, like, you need to, like... If you can get, like, the committed group to actually finish a campaign, it, it seems like it's just so much fun. It sounds like a lot of work. It, it is. It, <laughs> it is that. It is a lot of work. But if you get a group going, it'll be a blast. Uh, I'm trying to look at my shelf. The only thing I can see is code names. <laughs> code names uh, is, is good. Does exploding kittens work? <laughs> you can see I'm a filthy casual in my board games as well. So uh, that's all I got. I have a, a lot of commander products here. No, this is probably not right. <laughs> Green Yeti 1-1. I don't know a lot about modern, but when looking at Is It Phoenix, even in standard, why is Damping Sphere not brought up? Feels like it's super good against cantrips. Damping Sphere is actually really good against Arclay Phoenix. Uh, if you have it in your sideboard, you should, it's, you should probably be bringing it in against it. In standard, the problem is it doesn't hit on enough other decks. Like you specifically do good things against Arclay Phoenix decks, but none of the other decks in the format especially care about it. So that's why you don't see it more in standard. Uh, but in modern, it's relevant in a lot of matchups and it's one of my go-to sideboard cards, uh, for a lot of different decks, uh, because it hits on, Primeval Titan decks uh, with the Bounce Lands. It hits on Tron. It hits on Storm style combo decks, and it hits on Arclight Phoenix. So, really good sideboard option for modern. Yeah. The the only thing here is like I see people play it in modern, and then they have it out of the sideboards, but they don't have a clock with it. Uh, I I would recommend changing that up because like Tron will still just win by like hard casting a Worm Coil Engine and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, Jay Mobley 6 do you think players would like going into a pre-release blind? By that I mean WotC doesn't give out or publish any spoilers and only give descriptions of the set. I'd really enjoy that, but I highly doubt they would do that. Isn't that like uh, what old pre-releases were like? Like maybe, did any of you go to pre-releases a long, long time ago? Because I've, I, no. I wasn't playing at the time, but I've heard stories that you would like not know all the cards when you went to a pre-release and you would be seeing at least many of the cards for the first time when you were like opening up your sealed pool uh so i think it would be fun i think that wizards will probably never do it because i think the hype and advertising they get from spoiler season is a really big deal for them and it's uh, like a celebration of their product so i don't think they would actually do that but i think it could be a really fun and interesting experience for players so they did that with Iconic Masters, maybe? Remember sort they, of. Recently, they had a reprint set. And well, it was, they, it was Iconic Masters. They didn't reveal people were anything. Just, like, tweeting yeah. it. And people <laughs> just sign up, and then they played, and then they found out what cards were available. So they did do that. I, I don't personally care. I mean, to me, that's how all my pre-releases are anyway. Like, we do spoiler <laughs> season. I remember basically nothing. <laughs> and then I go play pre-release <laughs> and get wrecked by all the tricks anyway. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not the kind of person that studies the list and figures everything out. So, to me, I, I kind of do get this experience. So, it's not 
you know, that's not that bad. But I understand. I understand where he's coming at. And you just shut. You just like I don't know. Shut your, shut your eyes and close your ears during spoiler season, and you get the same experience. Yeah, I don't understand how you how you do that because we we podcast every week and we publish articles on like the, I the remember nothing. We talk about it all all month long. Do, do you guys actually? I remember like close to like I know like okay, these plays walkers are in the set, right? And I know, like, oh, okay, there's a fatal push. But outside of that, I remember nothing. I'm like, oh, what? There's a sweeper. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it's probably, I remember it because I'm, like, constantly building decks during spoiler season. So I guess I just learn the cards really quick. But if you're not doing that, I guess it makes sense that they you don't remember all of them. I think it's way more fun the way I play. Because you sit there and you make up, like, what instant speed tricks could exist. <laughs> You're like, do you think there's a one mana giant growth? <laughs> so you think just there's make like a plus one plus five for yourself. Yeah, that is hard mode. <laughs> and, and then and then I block, and then I get like four for one. <laughs> Turns out there's this other trick. If only there was some way I could have foreseen this card. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so much more fun like that. You see. Yeah. It's like yeah, what you could like- give death touch untrample. Well, there go all my blockers. <laughs> I'm gonna have uh, to try that. I'm gonna have to do a Richard style pre-release sometime and just like ignore all the cards and see what happens. It's the casual way, Seth. It's the casual. Do way. Do it with War of the Spark. <laughs> yeah. Just don't. All right, all right. Seth, Seth is banned for spoiler season in next podcast. You won't be seeing him whatsoever because we're trying to give him this pristine uh, situation that he can enjoy magic in its purest form. And then I'd I'd probably stay home and play arena anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Captain Domothy, would you recommend the new challenger decks as a good starting point for getting into modern? Could any of them be used as a base for a modern deck to extend their longevity post rotation? Yep. Ooh. Phoenix. Uh I yeah. I was think that's the right choice. I mean, you still need a lot of pieces, but if you want to try to build from a challenger deck, that definitely seems like the way to go. All right. MC Bircher, what would you recommend as the first steps for building a commander deck? I always rely on deck techs and feel I'm not being creative compared to my playgroup. Um, pick a card you like or a color combination you like. Legitimately, I just love blue yeah. and black. So I was just like, all right, well, I, I'm going to make a Demir deck. Every week. Every week. <laughs> every week. Just every week. Never stop. <laughs> Don't let anyone like Seth let you stop. <laughs> Hey, it's it's demons and, uh, with a splash. <laughs> I changed. I played a different demon this week, guys. <laughs> oh, I'm just picking on you, Krim. That's really well, that's really uh, <laughs> that's that's really good advice, though. I think uh, Commander is about like self-expression and playing cards that you like to play. For me, I think I kind of loosely have groups of cards that I am looking for in every deck as like a foundation, which usually starts out like five to ten cards that draw me cards. Uh, around ten mana sources, non-land mana sources. So like, if you're in green, it can be cultivates and stuff, or mana rocks. Uh, removal and sweepers, maybe all together like ten-ish cards in that spot, with some being sweepers and some being artifact enchantment removal, some being creature, like targeted creature removal. So that's like 
half of your non-land cards right there. And then the other half of your non-land cards is where the theme starts to come in. And that's where, depending on your commander and your color combinations, that's where you can kind of play whatever you want. If you're playing a tribal deck, you put all your tribe members in that area. Or if you're playing a control deck, you put in your finishers and whatnot. So that's kind of how I approach uh, building commander decks. Yeah, tribes like demons. (laughs) (laughs) Like demons. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I always start with the theme, even on weeks where we don't have a theme. Like, I have something I, I want, and I build around that theme first. So, like, if it's tribal, I just search for every card in that tribe and stick it in my deck first. <laughs> and then uh, I add all the other parts that Seth was talking about, like ramp, card draw, etc. Um, if you're actually new to Commander, I can't tell how much Commander you've played. I would actually just build cards or build decks out of cards I own. Uh, rather than buying cards like maybe you have a standard deck or a modern deck you can use that as the basis of your commander deck and just fill it in with your hodgepodge of commons and uncommons that you've accumulated over time so i think that's that's the fun way of playing commander uh you can always just go copy a tier one deck but usually uh i don't copy tier one decks or you know just anyone's deck i just kind of look at their deck and see oh you know what cool combos do they have what cool synergies they have and then I piece that together in my deck. Yeah, I think looking at other people's decks is really helpful to, like, double-check that you haven't missed anything obvious. That's how I mostly use, like, EDH Rec and stuff, is I build the deck, and then after I have my deck basically built, I'll go to EDH Rec and just kind of, like, browse over what other people are playing, just to make sure I didn't miss out, like you said, on some, like, obvious combo or synergy or something that I definitely should uh, probably have in my deck, so... Captain Wow 26 last question. Do you think the overload mechanic will return in War of the Spark? Would Cyclonic Rift be too good for Standard? Uh, so I would always bet against any specific mechanic, because I think the odds are <laughs> against any mechanic in any specific set. So I'm going to say no, as far as do I think it will. But I think uh, Cyclonic Rift, probably fine for Standard. I, From what I remember, it was fine last time it was in Standard. It wasn't format-breaking or even, like, that good or format-defining. So yeah, I think Cyclonic Rift would be fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'd be that broken in standard. <laughs> Cyclonic Rift is only just an all star in EDH. Isn't it really good in standard? I, I don't know. It was in standard. and It was not good. It was. I mean, we have Rivers Rebuke, which is seven mana or six mana sorcery speed. Make your opponent pick up all their stuff. So I guess like Cyclonic Rift is a little bit better, but you Rivers can flex Rebuke it is as a two drop. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely it's a good better, card. Sorry, it's, yeah, it's it's still a good card. It's just. It's not going to be, like, absurdly broken or anything like that. I think it would be similar to River's Rebuke, where, like, you put it in your sideboard, it's really good against tokens and in certain matchups, but I don't think it's, like, a four-of main deck card that, like, defines the format or anything. All right, there you have it. So that's all our fish mail for this week. Thank you to everyone who sent it in. If you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail. And I think, uh, unless we have anything else on the way out the door, that brings us to the end of episode 216 of the Goldfish Podcast. So, a little bit shorter than normal this week, but don't worry, starting next week, War of the Spark spoiler, so you probably have some long ones uh, in our future as we talk about all the new cards coming out. So, uh, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Krim, especially, good luck at the Mythic Invitational <laughs> oh, this yeah. week. I'll be rooting for you. So, uh, so have a good time there. Thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks again to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. You can get 15% off 
off uh, with the code sideboarding with their new course, The Art of Sideboarding. So thanks again to Spice Academy. With that, this is the crew signing out. Bye.